So um, t today I'm, I'm going to be trying to talk about, talk very briefly about another aspect of, of coming here and it's, it's about ambition, right? And, and that sounds vague for now. Um, I promise to explain more in, in a little bit. So um, a lot of Nigerians who are able to come here, a, a good chunk of them are people who can afford to do so. Right? If your parents didn't emigrate with you or come all the way with you, um, that usually means a few things. That means one, your parents are well to do back home. They're doing business that's you know can afford to at least buy you the plane ticket. Even if you got full scholarships, you got to school. And that's you know, even if it's three thousand dollars on a round trip is a lot of money. Most Nigerians can't afford that. So that that's one thing that means. Um, second of all, it means that um, they have certain expectations of you, especially if they're staying in Nigeria. They, 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 the impression is that they want you to somehow gain some form of value out of coming here. Um, and that value, which is the third part, is that they expect you to bring something back. Right. Not something. So you so you're right. And and and, and you and the way the way that appears is, is, is very layered. So the general idea is usually that, oh, you know, they send you, you get this great education, uh, maybe you work here for a few years, you bring money and experience back, you bring, you know, leverage, you start your own company, you, you, you change the world. So, from, so I personally have had a, a variation of that experience, very slightly so. Now, most kids, you know, you know social mobility is very, you're born where you are, you stay where you are when you're, when you are. Your parents don't move, suddenly nobody really you know, jumps a couple of tax brackets. That rarely ever happened. Um, my situation is a little different. Um, my, my parents were a little far less well to do when I was born. So the, the concept of coming here for an education didn't occur to me until I was maybe about 15. So I was almost <laughs> done with college. Like, I, you know, I had applications for universities in Nigeria. I'd gotten into some. That's, that's where I thought I was going. Um, fortunately, it, a, a lot of things changed in a very short period. Um, so what that meant for me was that I had to very quickly learn how to be an American. Um, <laughs> now, what that means is that I was fortunate. My dad already had a little bit of an altered accent. Adjusting to the American accent, but it meant like watching movies all the time, watching how you guys talk. I mean, there was months I'd go around like this, hey, guys. <laughs> no offense, no offense at all. But like, that was, I was literally... I was practicing. <laughs> no, I was practicing. I was like this American thing down pat because that's what they teach you. Right? They, they, they teach you when you're, you're, you know, Nigerian young, especially if your parents have a world to do, able to send you abroad. That's, you know, the, the hope of the nation rise on lies on your shoulders. Like it's like, man, like this whole this all this gonna burn if you know, like you are LeBron. You've done nothing to prove that you're LeBron, but they're telling you you are LeBron. So, so that's a lot of pressure from the jump. That means you have to be getting the best grades. You have to always be back home on time. You have to never do anything bad. Um, and and part of my like being the guy who will come back and save Nigeria was that you know I had to prepare to be American for a little bit. Um, and, and and the way we dream now. This is where we get to ambition is very different, I found. That's my biggest realization. And how I realized this was when I had to start writing college essays. 
um, and they'd ask you, what do you want to do with your life? Like, see, first of all, we don't have electricity. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to do with my life. You know, I didn't have water for three days. That's what I want to do with my life. So the, the point I'm making is that your, your ambition, your dreams, and your identity are formed in, in reverse. Your, I, your, your dreams come first. And those aren't really dreams. They are necessities you have to deal with. And then your identity is formed around that. I'm unfortunately a result of that. My entire life is built around the fact that I have to solve some problems. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that when you write a college essay, it really kind of sounds like a it sounds like a cover letter and not like a college essay because you're saying, <laughs> you know, um, first of all, people don't have lights. Well, um, we don't have power supply consistently, so you know I know all these guys want to go and invent an app to give everybody yogurt, but you know, <laughs> you know we we have some some stuff to deal with. So, right, and, and and it's a harder story to tell because we all tell it, right? You know, that's all of our essays in one variation or another. That you know we have these needs that that we have to to solve. Um, but you get here and. Um, you know, you, you, you adapt in one way or another. My way, I moved to Chicago. So what, the first thing I went to do was like, I went to the airport store. As I landed, I bought like a white socks hat. I bought like, a, I spent like 50 bucks on it. I was like, yo, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to acclimate. I'm going to look as American as possible. Uh, you know, my accent was already on point by then. You know, I was already, I was already, most people couldn't even tell that I was not, like, I really, really, you know, I'd finesse that accent 111%. Um, so, so you get here and, um, you know, the, the rules apply. You're remembering every day that, yes, you know, hey, I have to, you know, I have to go back home and, and solve all the problems. And for me, part of my reality, which made this a little more special, is that um, for the vast majority of people that haven't had that social mobility my family had, they, you know, they didn't necessarily have proximity to the worst case scenario. Um, I was born in an apartment without furniture. So, like, I have... I, I currently, my house currently still in Surulere, which is one of the more difficult areas of Lagos. Are you serious? That is, yes. yes. Is that the song? That, that was the song. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, so, I'm from the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's makes so, so much sense. Yeah, my house now. is in the corner of the music video, actually. So, oh. so yeah, hey, I'm, I'm you're serious. Famous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what that means is that um, unless your parents decided to lock you in the house every day, um, most of your friends growing up were people who would never see the type of social mobility you would. Most of the people you grew up with would. I mean, kids didn't even go to university, talk less of university abroad. Um, and, you know, it's one, part, one of the things I've kind of loathed my father for, loathed my father for and kind of still appreciated it on the back end, and is that he's absolutely refused to move us from that area. So, you know, social mobility. My dad, you know, a couple of years ago got a nicer car. We're literally driving through the neighborhood and everybody's like, you know, and, and that, you know, that has connotations of, oh, they're surprised. They're like, oh my God, look at you. But they're also, you know, they're also legitimate concerns you have as a result. Yeah. But also, you know, that's, that's guilt follows you because you're keenly aware of the fact that all you did was be born into the right family and that was not something you could control right and because of your proximity because of the way you played with these kids some of these kids were smarter than you you knew that you knew they were faster than you you knew they thought better than you you knew they were more creative than you and you and you are the one that comes here with all this responsibility to save nigeria on top of that so it's 
it's a lot of guilt you're consistently carrying. Now, you know, you go through college, you, now I'm, I'm speaking, you know, a little more in the future. Go through college, you survive it, you, you know, you do well, you graduate with honors, you have those strings on your, on your cap when you graduate, your parents well, the traditional way to come to your graduation because, yeah, mama, we made it, you know, we're here, we're at, we're at that point. Um, but then you have to start, you know, deciding what to do with your life. And the, the question is often, you know, do I go back home now? And you tell yourself this fascinating truth lie. I call it the truth lie because it's partly a truth and partly a lie. You tell yourself that, oh, you know, I need to, like, I need to bulk up. I need to make some money so that when I'm finally going back home to save Nigeria, I can come with those stacks like, ah, politicians, ah, electricity. Like, you know, you tell yourself that lie. And, and then you come here and you realize that, you know, okay, I graduated from college. You know, maybe I did well for myself. Maybe I have a couple of degrees. But, you know, life is still expensive. Like, you... There is a lot that goes into just living life, whereas you're also duly thinking about how you have to save a whole country on top. And that is such a responsibility that I found talking to my friends and my, that is the most, like the tension from opening that camera so much. Um, <laughs> no, nah, that's fine. It came in perfectly. So, so you, you graduate and then, you know, you, maybe you, you, a lot of people make one of two decisions. Um, and I've had, I had a friend group of maybe about seven guys. Um, three of them have gone back to the African continent. Some of them are in Nigeria, some of them are all over the place. Any in Zimbabwe? No, <laughs> Kenya, don't worry, we'll send somebody over there. So. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so some of them moved back um, partly by choice, some by, hmm, you know, they, didn't, they weren't able to get a job with a good enough company over here. So they said, oh, I'll try my luck with a big multinational back home. And you, so you have like, that's like, that's an extension of you going back home. And then those people start to tell you like, bruh, it took me four hours to get home last night because of traffic. And then you're like, okay, like, okay, like, you know, shit. Well, we still go, that's what we're going there to fix anyways, right? And then you realize that the, the magnitude of the problems you are going to solve, like you've done all of this for, are now going to start being the weight that keeps you here. Does that make sense? So, so you start to. Yeah. 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 First of all, this, first of all, I think the most rooting thing to this country is your 401k. Like when you start to put that, you know, first of all, you start you start out with like few percent. I'm not sure I'm going to be here for long, but someday you're pumping in full 15 percent to that 401k. We are trying to save money. I'm trying to buy a mortgage. I'm trying to live a house, and you're always worried that you know, hey, do I set roots here or do I, you know, save up so I can go home? And you're just like. And it's, it's stressful because because you still feel this responsibility. So, so it's, it's stressful because you feel this responsibility, um, and, and more so for, for me personally because you know I remember the faces of the people that you know they still hit me up on Facebook. They still you know they still they do the respect. Ah, chairman, how far? How you doing? You know this, that, and next. Um, and you remember keenly how you weren't the most talented. Mm. You remember that you weren't the smartest, but you just were fortunate, mm. like circumstances mm -hmm. of life. Mm. And that, so that guilt is even starting to compound because you're like, oh my gosh. And then you make a decision one way or another. Some people decide to like, just, 
throw it all up and go back home. You know, I know some of those people, but I don't know their experience, so I can't talk on that. Mm-hmm. However, if you, if you decide to stay here, that guilt from the conversation I've had with some of the individuals I've uh, known who've, mm-hmm. you know, built lives. And these are people who've been phenomenally successful, but part mm-hmm. of the reason they've been successful is that they're running away from that guilt. They are both telling themselves that, okay, you know, if I can't, you know, save Nigeria, I might as well be that effort, that's that you know that emotional capacity I built up to save Nigeria. Let me dedicate it towards. That's why often you'd find that some immigrant, you know, people have been throwing around this statistic that oh, Nigerians are the most successful immigrant com- mm-hmm. community in the, in the in the country. That that's true, and I think that's partly why most of these people feel so guilty. And then then you talk to them after the fact. You say, oh, you know, did you ever wish you could have gone back? Practically, it's probably a bad idea. Maybe they wouldn't have done as much as they. It's always it's a bet. Your you know, your chances are slim, mm-hmm. but you also sense it be an overwhelming sense of regret that they never tried. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, in that middle phase, looking at like, ah, am I going to eventually go home or and, and change the world, or am I going to stay here? And you're looking at that regret, but you're also hearing from your friends out there that man, like. Life is not easy. We're all trying to get out of here. Like, <laughs> that internal is is particularly defining, and the most painful part of all this, I believe, is that in all of this, remember the ambition built the identity. You never really know who you are this entire time. So that's it. I think uh, I think you just. Touched on most of our lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, what are Good thing we put him last. Right. Like, I know. Like, yeah. I'm trying to emotionally recover from that. Like, that was a good one, you know. But what I have to say is, with regards to to the responsibility and the weight and the, you know the your plans, your intentions to to go back on and change the world. I think that's because you came here when you were very young, kind of. Fair enough. I mean, for me or for some. Maybe for Coyote, you know. I mean, we just, I mean, recently just arrived there. I don't think it's, it's the same. Like, I don't feel that way to go home and change anything, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not because I don't care. Yeah, you know, it's not because I don't care about Nigeria. Like, I, I care about Nigeria. I'm passionate about Nigeria. You know, I, I mean, I tell Coyote every time that. That I don't, I, I, if I have to leave the US after my studies, I mean, I don't mind. Like, I mean, I don't mind. I'm very much indifferent about it. But I don't feel that way to go home and change the nation, right? I mean, I think that's more of a childhood ambition or dreams, you know? I mean, after, okay, when I traveled, when I left Nigeria for the first time, I went to Brazil to study. And uh, so when I returned home and stayed home, you know, worked, studied. After a couple, so when I arrived there again, I mean, my perception has changed like completely. Like, I'm living for myself mm. and probably my family and the people around me. I don't have any way to go change Nigeria. <laughs> Nigeria is bigger than me, you know. I mean, things are going to change, but with time, right? So, I mean, it's just about that way, so you can let, wait, you can let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will actually kind of agree with them because okay. um, I'm in a relatively serious relationship with my boyfriend and, <laughs> and um, he's not American which actually makes it more complicated than mm. easier he is African so he is 
Season Bangun or no? No. Okay. No. Which makes it That's why like yeah, it's just right. very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um so there is now almost no chance. Like if things work out with him, there's almost no chance that I'm ever going back. Mm. I cannot explain the amount of weight that has been lifted off of my shoulders because now I have the excuse that I'm doing something for my family. I'm doing something for the people I love who are closest to me, so I am not going to go back. Mm. I and I'm one of those people who felt that heavy sense of duty. And I'm not going to say it's gone because I've been debating all this while should I go home in 2018 for the summer and see You know, because all I'm thinking is, I need to scope out the environment, mm. see how it's going, see how it's going. Because I'm not like I'm not here. I'm like there. You know, I've always had yeah. my heart there. But it's almost like I'm getting an excuse or a reason or like a different perspective, maybe, of mm. seeing life and thinking that I got responsibilities now that are more immediate than mm. saving the world or building an empire. And I feel like there's a, f- and I feel like there's a chance in your life when you get those, there's a place in your life when you get those shots to. change the world and make these bold moves and they become harder the older you get or the more responsibilities you get which even makes the pressure worse because now you're like if i need somebody who i seriously like i might not be able to do this if i get a good job here in the US i might not be able to go home if i take a mortgage out and try to own a home i might not be able to go like it's almost like as you try to live your life here you you have to let go of a bit of that dream that you had and that's not easy Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that Oh, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say also what you said about your dream, about the dreams forming your identity. I think that's true. But I also think that another interesting thing is that most of the time it's not your dream. Yeah. It's, it's the, the it's, it's the one it's the one you've been I mean in my case, I mean my dad has been telling me for as long as I know. This is the thing <laughs> that he says. He always says that he wants he doesn't want to be introduced as someone's uh, um he wants he wants to be introduced as someone's father. and not for us to be introduced as his kids. Mm. So he wants us to be oh. important oh, yeah. and have renown enough <laughs> for that to happen. <laughs> so so when, when you grow up with that, also like I'm the last and in my family, I think there's this, there's, I don't know why, it's very frustrating, but there's this idea that I'm the one that's going to be it's funny because even in my family I don't think I'm the smartest like I look at my sister and I think that she's a much more composed person but it's um so that there's definitely that weight that I carry and it's something you know I've been thinking about a lot of do I go back when do I go back you know I was lucky enough to find employment here is going well and I actually enjoy what I'm doing but there's always so in in Nigeria you have to do this one year program to be able to work in the country you have to go home and do a, a youth service you have to work in the youth corps for a year so there's even think and I think there's an age there's an age restriction on that you, once you yeah. go past a certain age you can't do it anymore yeah, so there's yeah. a, there's an, even that I'm thinking of okay I'm working here but if I ever in the future want to work back home I have to go relatively soon back home and do wow. this one year thing which is pretty much going to be a waste of a year because I'm going to be there earning shit money. Yeah. Yes, I'm serving the country but not really um in a way that I will, that I, I'm not I'm not using because you don't get to really use, you know, like what you went to school for. You're yeah. just doing a base job. Yeah. So Change you're teaching or something. Yeah. I can't apply whatever I've I've learned really in a way that's useful. So there's that there's that weight that's just been playing and obviously there's the pull of your family you know your family wants you to come back home because they miss you um or they your family wants you to come back home that's I'm like yeah. really oh, nice. <laughs> that's a good family See, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs>
So they've they've had to come to terms with the fact that she's not going to you know she's going to go off and live somewhere. And oh, she yeah. might not be the one they can put their hopes on, which is probably why they refocused. On me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it, um, and it it really weighs on you, like he said, like it it really just messes with you. That's you're constantly trying to live your yeah. your life and do your nine to five and thinking that you're going to be this, you're going to c- provide this thing that's going to fix your country magically, which mm-hmm. really is dumb when you right. think about it because there's not just one magic bullet or super bullet yeah. but it's the way you've been you've been brought up it's the way it's the thing you've been taught to do you have to you have to make some sort of meaningful impact but don't um, you guys think there's a chance see there is and here's the thing yeah. and i'm going to say just from talking with you guys and interacting with you guys the dynamic that you guys already have is is, is potential if like and you just heard what i said I'm not thinking about that. People from home are not thinking about that for me. Therefore, I cannot even allow myself to think about having a positive impact on my home country. And when I meet fellow Zimbabweans, they don't even have that idea either because their parents are not saying the same thing. But if there are 50 of you, 100 of you, 1,000 of which I bet there are maybe even millions of Nigerians who are in that same mental mind frame, not even, maybe some want to, some don't want to, but the fact that many of you exist, there's, there's potential there, whereas with me and my f- country folk, there's none. So like just hearing you guys talk and everything, I'm like, man, these are the people I want to hang out with because I see it happening realistically. And I've also seen small groups of people who've made it. You know, I mean, you look at people like oh, Jay-Z and his best friend, like coming from the hood and then crossing over. It's like just having that team, that partner or that player who's thinking the same way and trying to move in that same direction makes it... It creates a potential. Right. Whereas when you're the only one thinking something, it doesn't make it impossible. It just makes it really, really yeah. hard to find yeah. and to do it to become. Like, you guys are just definitely different. Like, <laughs> I, I've never met this many Nigerians who say that they want to go. I think it's, it's all about the approach, right? People who want to go home, a lot of people try to do it in one move. I'm just gonna drop everything and go mm-hmm. home, yep. and I will change it. it it's rare, it could work for some people, like being an entrepreneur. It'll work for some people, but it wouldn't work for most. Mm-hmm. If you're that serious about going home, you can start laying the foundation. If it's gonna mm-hmm. take you five years to finish laying that foundation while you still have a life here, right. and so be it. But at the end, you'll be realizing your dream. Yeah. So it's not really there's a team of you. If you right. go home, that means that he's got a better chance of finding something when he gets home. Like well, I live in it, Ghana. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I assume that. No, it's fine. But like, yeah, if, if you have a network of people, right. your network sure. transfers. You mm-hmm. know, whereas if 
if nobody from even if the people who are saying oh my gosh it's bad i'm sure if you came up with a good idea they'll take you up on it because they're already on the other side right, right, and right. you never know what that's going to become right. unlike if you've got no but like i can't even talk to my peers from home anymore. they just <laughs> I don't have any peers at home anymore. Yeah, that's how messed up my country's economy is. Like literally, Cameroon is French and English, but more French than anything that's just on the books. So for me to actually be an intelligent person and function, I need to function in English. And everything that is at least a little bit set up, the government is messed up. But like everything that's a little bit set up, everything that would give me access to what I've earned in terms of education, is in French. And I don't make that much sense in French. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, going back is like, oh, maybe if I have like, a lot of money and I just want to go like open up something, but I know that I am going back like anytime soon. It's just not. And adding to what Shami says, for the longest time, every time I had ambition of doing something in Cameroon, I was frustrated about what was going on, I was upset about what was going on. It was always me. It, the other people that were people like Shami, who is from. A different country than mine, and we can't. We, I mean, we could connect, but those are too many. We're not gonna put the same energy into right. the same right. project. So, like, mm-hmm. even though we, even though we care about the same things, there's different, different yeah, geographies. So we cannot. We, there's a limitation to moving, you know, and like. I mean, I can't imagine what I would do with ten other Zimbabweans who thought the same way I thought, mm-hmm. or five. I would, I would change the world for sure. I would flip Zimbabwe on its head. Like that's how I feel. Like I feel like that would just give me so much more potential than the nothing that I feel right now. Right. So I'm really, I'm really inspired. By Saying so that I is think, inspiring me in a sense. The problem is trying to do it by yourself. Self. The problem yeah, right. is not that it's not doable. Like mm-hmm. I'll talk to my own sister and I'll be like, "This is," and she'll be like, "Listen, you're doing too much. Calm down." Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> what, and, and that's what family like, members say. They're like, "You're you know? too upset for nothing," and I'm like, "But like." People have to get upset about these things. If you don't feel upset about it, then you don't feel the need to change it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just don't care. So, I mean, I kind of chilled a little bit, or I just don't, like, I, I, I'll think about it, but, like, I'll be careful about who I, I tell oh, what I'm trying yeah. to do. Right. Especially talking about, like, when you become a certain age and you're, what you're trying to do does not really align, align with what society expects you to, you to do. do. Right. You have a lot more opposition, so sometimes it's just a lot easier to like store your dreams and share them with those who were on the same path as you, mm-hmm. as opposed to like scattering them everywhere and getting just a ton of negative energy. So, so, so if I might add, um, so let me add another layer to this argument, which okay. might foster another round of conversation. Um, I've always been taught, and, and, and it's, I think this is probably, a, to some degree, just generally true. Um, when there are more problems to solve, the significance, the consequence of good action is exaggerated. Like, it's exponential, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, an engineer today might go to, so, you know, we lose the lights in this district. An engineer might come here, you know. Give us a transformer, bada boom, bada bam, fix it. We had a power cut. We don't really care. If that happened and we had 24 hour supply where I live in Lagos, we might build a statue of that person. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes you start to understand what I'm saying. Um, a lot of us don't want to come here and be, oh, look at this nice immigrant that did it all for right. himself, or maybe yes. got a couple of patents. Good job. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people, who will pull our countries out of despair 
will have their names on buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm. Does that make sense? So, mm-hmm. so the, the volume of and it's we don't do these things for the potential reward, but because we know that per capita, that means anything you do can change so many lives at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm. Um, some guy a couple of years ago brought ATM machines to the country. He didn't invent the ATM. He didn't, I mean, he didn't design the ATMs. He just brought the ATMs. He just paid the shipping fees. Uh, He ordered that thing online and paid, all right, let me get a budget. That changed our economy forever. Like, the, the, the GDP cap increased a significant bit because people could spend that much more money. We could track money that I was spending. And all he did was... Four ninety nine for shipping, <laughs> like that's all he did. Amazon Prime, so, precisely. So, so a lot of us, that's what we're thinking as well. That you know, and then it's also another problem if you know you're walking around every day like, all right, I gotta be exceptional. I'm working into a job today. How how am I gonna be amazing? How am I gonna stunt on these folks? Oh like, God. how am I gonna be? And then yeah, and then and then you're always thinking that, man, what if I was doing this back home? Like, is this effort, like, is my excellence being Recognize. Not recognize that city, but is it being used the best possible way it could be used? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, better you try. I'm that place where I don't care. <laughs> I can't, like, I always say, like, I can't, I can't be a good employee. And I'm so grateful that everybody I've worked with says, oh my gosh, you're great to work with. Definitely a good worker. Because all I feel is, you guys, this is like I'm working at 30%. Like, that's all, all I ever feel. Like, the way I'm moving, the way I'm doing things, it's at 30%. Because I think, again, what you're saying is, a small move like that at home could really transform somebody's life, somebody's day, you know, not just somebody, a lot of people, depending on who that person is. And you just kind of start feeling like, eh, I'm, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm doing it, but it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel any better about yourself. Well, you know something, what I've realized is some of the times when I've been able to do the most, have been, after I've been most, most frustrated about something, so it's not always a bad thing that you're frustrated mm-hmm. about self. It's what you do with that frustration. It's like what you what you take out of it, how you solve the problem. Do you learn from what made you frustrated? Do you try to make it better so that you don't have to go back, you don't have to deal with it again? So um, in as much as I try to live in a small little comfortable bubble, a lot of the times when I look back, I see that like the best things I've done have been right after like something that really got me frustrated or got me upset. So I'm actually um, getting a little bit used to being upset and being frustrated just because <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So yeah. I'm really wondering what like all American peers are thinking. Like, because I'm like, well, in that vein, for me, okay, two things. Um, one, it's. For me, that's a source of inspiration that something so like seemingly small and that didn't take so much like original creativity can have good impact. That means I need to be on my guard about how I can be influencing other people for the better, even if it's small. You know what I mean? Because it could actually be big. It just depends on the situation. That's one thought. Other thought is um, I was thinking about my parents during this, especially when Shami was talking about her partner, because my parents... Um, both born and raised in Uganda, both got scholarships to the West, and then my dad got his first job here, and my mom was doing her master's. They met each other 
in the course of that. But individually, they both wanted, they both had that, like, I'm going to go home right. and change everything. And, like, everyone had that faith in them. They were both the youngest kids in their family, like Obi. <laughs> so it was like, okay, you guys are it. Like, but they met each other here and then they stayed here. So it's just, I would like to go back to them and ask how their mind shift, how their mind, um, how they've made that mind shift, I guess. It's interesting. Mm. I never thought of that. I never knew about that. So it's good to Speak on like a smaller scale, I think um, it's not, you know, internationalism, but um, I think you can feel, you definitely feel that way growing up in the United States, going from like living in one city and moving to another, mm. um, just because they're so, just because the American mythology is so like coastal, so like mm -hmm. Los Angeles and New York and DC <laughs> are like success. Mm -hmm. That's um, so true. And so like... But growing up in, like, Pittsburgh, PA, like, it very sort of scrappy mindset. Like, you know, former industrial town that, like, fell on hard times and was really gross and was the butt of everyone's jokes. Mm -hmm. And is now, like, working itself up and becoming a cool place where young people live. And in, like, the sort of suburb where I grew up, everyone was, like either along the mindset of, you know, I'm just going to stay here because my parents lived here, my parents' parents lived here, I'm just going to stay here forever, not going to leave. And, like, the rest of it, people were like, oh, my God, this place is so small and oppressive. I'm going to go to L.A., I'm going to go to New York, I'm going to, mm -hmm. you know, go where real people live. <laughs> no, that's true. That's how people think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, it is very coastal. And My older sister is one of the people. Yeah, and I, I didn't <laughs> feel that way because, like, my family moved around a lot, so like I was born in Kentucky, I moved to Michigan, then I moved to Pittsburgh. Um, so I was always like, you guys don't know what it's like when Applebee's is the nicest restaurant in town and is also the most ethnic food you'll find in town. Like, you guys are lucky to be in Pittsburgh. Um, and I didn't feel that, that so way true. until I moved out, until I moved mm -hmm. to college and got that sort of view back being like, oh man... Pittsburgh has so much going for it, and I, like, really want to... And I don't know if I'll end up back in Pittsburgh, but you sort of... You feel that allegiance to be like, you know, I see this town and what it's trying to do, mm. and I feel more like I want to help out that and, you know, bring, you know, my talent back there to make that a place worth living and help solve that, those problems. You know, I'm not going to make any difference in New York City or Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. but I could make it difference in my smaller city where I'm from mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd feel the same if I was from a small town because I don't yeah I couldn't do that life um, <laughs> but like a you know it's still a livable city still like a Columbus sized city so it's like it's like a smaller you know more local version of like seems like the feelings of you know looking back um at Nigeria or you know Ghana or wherever mm -hmm. does make sense because um, the, the city, the first city that I ever lived in when I moved to the States, the age dynamics in the Cameroonian community was very interesting. It was always the very old, like, not mm. very old, they're not that old, but it's always the old people and the young kids and the really young kids and in between it was just like dead. And mm. all these people's kids like grew up there, went to school there, but everybody eventually just picks up and, and leaves. So I see what you mean when you talk about moving. And I did it too. Stayed there for a while. And like, <laughs> Not that, and, I, and I never expected to live in, in Columbus too. I never expected to live in Ohio, but 
it is what it is and it's I think um most of being pretty much anywhere you are is about making it where you want it to be is making it what you expect it to be you could live in like the most rundown city and mm -hmm. still make the biggest difference like some of the people that make the biggest differences are not even the people who do the big things mm -hmm. they are the people who do like the smallest things that everybody neglects so I guess it, that's what it is mm -hmm. and I have another question I think it's a little bit based off of some of the things that you talked about when it comes to communication and stuff like that I think something that really fuels my love and my passion for Zimbabwe is how comfortable I felt in Zimbabwe even when I went back and I had the reverse culture shock I still felt very really comfortable and I still stole myself there. Whereas here, I'm consistently like, I know you think people are going to tell you it's going to get better, but it, it's a lie. It doesn't get better. <laughs> the communication does not get better. And everybody here is talking like, oh, you know, uh, we we move differently than we did our first few years. But we're all sitting here in this room because we're not comfortable outside of, like, the comfort we have in here is not the same as the comfort we have. Sure. In fact, I'm never comfortable. Sure. And every single time I've moved around for the smallest thing, whether it's changing the church, changing the school, changing the job, mm. I'm like, oh, I've forgotten this part right here, the, this mm. terrible part. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that in being in America, I can't even say that I've accumulated friends. Like, mm. being here five years, I don't have friends that I really see myself like you know being their god like the godparents their kids or something like i don't see those relationships mm. like that meaningful depth forming and i don't i don't understand how the culture forms those and i mm. when i see people who are like that i don't believe it I think it's <laughs> you know what i mean like if you have your best friend who you've had since you're five and you think he's gonna be the perfect godparent for your kid and everything like i don't believe it no matter how picture perfect you look no matter how cool you are no matter how close of a friendship or a very real genuine friendship you have I don't believe it I just don't really I think a certain part of me just does, doesn't believe so and social things can happen for me in this country mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. outside of my ethnicity like bubble mm -hmm. you know I can have that relationship with Daisy I can have that relationship with, with Adora but there are things that we have to recognize once we have those relationships that at the end of the day Daisy didn't come all this way here and make a friend you know, and like Adora's parents didn't bring her here for her to have friends. Like, there's they have huge weights. So when you're looking for the people who don't have as much of weights on their back, but they don't seem to have that emotional availability that you understand. And not to say that they don't, I just don't understand it. Like, and I've never understood it. And I know I'm, I don't think I'm going to understand it ever. I think I'm just going to have to, if I stay here, go through the rest of my life not understanding it and being comfortable with not understanding it. And I think that's how I am. And talking about whether like you communicate more when you're here, I am so much more of an introvert in this country. And people who know me mm -hmm. from back home, I know, I know. Yeah, like you feel like I talk a lot, but like <laughs> no, no, that's not the people. Case. It's just the reverse. Well, it was the reverse for me. I think part of it was mainly cultural, but mm -hmm. like it has yeah. But people well. who know me from back home can't believe I don't have sixty friends who got around for me on my birthday. Can't believe that I can't even have a dinner with five people. Like. On my own will, if I was to list five people I'd have a dinner with, some of them would be my family. If I had to say no family, I don't think I'd get to five for my birthday or anything like significant. Like, and that's just like, that discomfort that exists mm -hmm. is something that pushes me to say, I think I want to go back home. Or I think I want to find a way to have, to be in that place where I'm comfortable. Because as much as I'm very different from many of my peers in Zimbabwe, 
I get along with them way easier than I do with Americans yeah. on the first go. I get along with people way easier initially. Or their willingness to be in my life for, next, for the next 10 years, their, their loyalty is easy mm -hmm. to get. You know, even when I have nothing, even when 